again. So, you are experiencing the special bonus episode that we decided to make for you due to the fact that we did not give you enough content yes. during the December period up until now. So We're deciding yes. to talk shit for another half an hour. 40 minutes. <laughs> we are, yeah. if you didn't have enough of it already. Yeah. <laughs> There's more for you right now. Um, so, yeah, I guess I'll start off by just mentioning that um, when we were chatting about recursion... There was one little thing that I didn't want to go off on too much of a uh, tangent, sorry, leading off from that. But it was the nature of the fact that reading it reminded me a lot of playing a video game. Um, When I mentioned the save points Mm. and that sort of element of the plot, Mm -hmm. it made me think about gaming quite a lot Mm. when I was reading it. And because it was the Christmas period and I'd like to give myself a little bit of time every year (laughs) to... Mm -hmm lock myself in a room and be very antisocial and play a video game. Oh, I love those times. Yes. <laughs> I decided to uh, check out a long list of things that were recommended and obviously there was no way of avoiding hearing about cyberpunk like everybody else out there. So I gradually got around to getting it running on my PC at the time, which took a bit of effort. But... Uh, on the lowest graphic settings, yep. let's be honest. Um, that's all I managed to cope with. But I still managed to play that over the Christmas period. Very cool. And, uh, what yeah, did you think? Very, very glitchy. glitchy. so I've heard. <laughs> Incredibly glitchy, but I loved it. I, I thought the environments were brilliant, really immersive. Um, yeah, I enjoyed all this different aspects of gameplay. I'm talking about this from the point of view of being somebody who very rarely plays video games like we mentioned in that first episode i explained that i used to be very much into them growing up and at some stage gave up on them for a while um but yeah just mixing a lot of different elements of kind of like first person shooter and then kind of like sneaky sort of stealth mode of like metal gear solid that kind of thing and then that mixed in with RPG sort of elements, things like that Skyrim sort of aspect of it. That remote, I know that the team behind it made uh, the Witcher games as well, which I've never played personally. But uh, yeah, sort of mix up. And GTA is obviously a massive influence on it because you do 100% feel like you're playing a lot of... It feels like GTA at yeah. times as well. Um, but I didn't feel like those things got in the way of each other. I thought they kind of merged together quite well. Um, but I'm sure I'm not the first person to have said this. I definitely noticed... The fact that it had been rushed out a little bit and certain things infuriated me at times, sorry, like the consistent sort of phone calls and messages coming in for new missions whilst you're trying to actually play a mission (laughs) and you've got a character like telling you what to do at one stage and then a phone call goes off and you've got another character talking to you on screen whilst the character is telling you like the dialogue for the next mission and you can't hear the other person because the other message is playing over the top of it it's like oh come on it's like they're trying to do way too much at once and yeah the game was rushed Mm. out a little bit that's what i've been reading i still haven't bought it um i also haven't bought the ps5 yet i'm gonna wait maybe another possibly another year um, mm-hmm. but yeah, that's what I've been hearing. Uh, I don't know, but did you enjoy yeah. the story though? Because I've even heard, I did, I've heard yeah. some criticism about the story as well, and that, yeah, and possibly like Keanu Reeves was maybe not playing the right character. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I I know what you mean. I've we both have a friend of ours who's uh, I, I agree with his opinion. He mentioned something about him feeling like he was miscast, and I kind of do agree with that. I mean, it's still a good performance, and I, I've I've seen 
uh, Keanu in sort of like villainous roles. There was that movie, The Gift, that actually love yeah. him in that, um, completely cast against type uh, as like a sort of this alcoholic wife beater. In that, there's uh, it's completely not what you expect him to play, and he does a really great job at that. But with this, like I say, I don't know, it didn't really feel mm. the right match for that persona, like to cast him as an actor. Uh, and he hundred percent has got some kind of deal with them that he's kind of. I mean, anyone would do yeah. it. They're going to get paid all that money. It was like I want to be a character in a video game, and if I'm going to be a character in a video game, I want to be insanely ridiculously <laughs> yeah. hard, and I want to make sure that I've got a really cool gun that can just blast the shit out of everything yeah. <laughs> and like have ridiculous armor levels and stuff like that so nobody can even dent me like because the moments in the game where you play as him um sorry because you, i know you've not played some of it yet but the, some of the moments in the game where you yeah. get to do that i uh, should have maybe mentioned some spoilers before this but so, okay um you definitely get to play as him at times and when you do like I say it doesn't really feel like you're playing the game anymore it just feels like you're playing like this showcase of like now it's just fun time for me to be Keanu Reeves <laughs> and to blast the shit out of stuff and not worry about getting dented by anybody in the in the, the, uh, yeah. the mission like it's, so it's fun, fun the way video games have advanced to the point of we're discussing an actor's casting in a video game like were they rightly <laughs> yeah, cast in this video game you know it's just video games have become <laughs> so, so I know like I'm going to show my lack of game and experience by saying that to me games weren't usually very cinematic or story driven I know there were story driven games in the past but I've just mm -hmm. noticed in the last 10 years that games have gotten incredibly more cinematic and it is a visual storytelling medium now and I think it's it's probably a big part of the future of visual storytelling you know um, mm -hmm. but it's just I just find it so curious that we 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 often talk now the same way that actors are cast in movies and how their performances are in movies. It's the same in video games now, you know? Yeah. Last of Us, Uncharted, Horizon Zero Dawn, God of War, these kind of games, mm -hmm. Red Dead Redemption, you know, they're, they're just epic stories that you stay with like a TV show for a long time. You might be playing them or watching the cutscenes for a few weeks and you really, really get mm. invested, but it's interactive, you know. Um, so I think yeah. there's another, there's another. I guess, I guess especially with that, when the the character in the game itself, that that's the difference between that and animation. Mm. I'd say is that like I mean, obviously, I know it's still animation in a video game, but what I mean is like obviously the difference between I'm not going to use the word cartoon because I think that just gets thrown yeah. in there to. I think that just makes people think, oh, these, this is just stuff for children, which isn't the case at all, as in my opinion, with a lot of animation. But um, like you'd, what I'm trying to get at is you don't really say that, but you don't hear people say like, oh, I can't believe they cast um, <laughs> Tom Hanks as Woody in Toy Story. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Like, it just doesn't suit. Like, you wouldn't say yeah. that, would you? Like, even though it's an actor yeah. voicing an animated character that, where, where a lot of that is actually... The work of the animators as well is a big part of that performance, especially in things like the Planet of the Apes movies and stuff like that, where it's a perfect marriage between performer and animators and them both being on their game, like creating a completely believable It's the motion capture technology that, have, that has allowed it to... Because they use the same technology now in video games that they used for Gollum in The Lord mm -hmm. of the Rings, and which was the technology that kind of revolutionised that kind of animation and visual effect work in film. 
Um, yeah. So, like, if you watch Planet of the Apes, you know, looking at the 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 apes in the film is is what you see when you play a video game these days, and it's incredibly realistic. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's not real, but it's it it definitely doesn't take you out of the the story in any way. Now, I don't mm-hmm. want to disparage um, more classic animation video games. You know, like I know people love you know pokemon games or 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 you know mario or things like that you know with with a more classic style mm-hmm. of animation but for me these modern day video games um like i just started playing red dead redemption i finally started playing it uh just before christmas um mm-hmm. i got it as a christmas present last year um and i finally started playing it shows you how much of a gamer i am um I finally started playing. I've still not played it myself, so we're yeah. <laughs> probably I'm I'm That's far cool. worse. <laughs> um But we'll still talk about video games in this podcast because there are some that I would like to talk about. Um but like it's just it's just incredibly immersive. That's what I find. You it's yeah. not um passive art. It's it's incredibly interactive, so you feel like you're part of it. Um and I was listening to a podcast recently enough with the writer creator of The Last of Us, Neil Druckmann, who was talking about he still finds it fascinating to this day when players will say he'll be watching a video of somebody playing The Last of Us and they're like, "Oh my God, now I'm playing as Ellie," or like, "Or now they'll say now I'm Ellie," and he still finds that fascinating. Like we say. We are that person, that character in the story when we're playing them, there's controlling them, you know? And it gives mm-hmm. it that extra bit of attachment, you know, when you when you get through the story. Um and yeah, like these big open world games sort of conversely then again to a game like Last of Us, which is very linear and it's a narrative based game where you have to do kind mm-hmm. of where the game tells you you have to go where the game tells you to go. These RPG games are 100% immersive because you kind of build a story yourself, you know, um, or you get to go about it yeah. your own way. So I do think it's a very underappreciated medium. Not that it's underappreciated, but I'd say by wider, wider audiences, um, you know, yeah. and and yeah, if I had more time, I would love to play a lot more games. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm the same. And it's like you say, like it's uh, the amount of time that you have to invest into something like that. Um, it's the same thing for me. Like when I say I played Cyberpunk, I I played the I played the main storyline out through the main missions uh, until I completed the game, as far as that was concerned, and I got to the yeah. credit screen. Like I I did that, and that for me is enough. Like I would love to go back and spend like God knows how many hundreds of hours, like just immersed in doing all the other stuff that's available in that <laughs> yeah. game, but. Like, for me to just pack that in and do it, that was enough for me at that stage. Um, when I was looking it up, though, I ended up... Because uh, I was trying to make that decision on what I did, like I say, because I know I like to get to the end of the year and just have something and then wrap it up, if I can, in a month, and then it's gone and it's out of the way and I don't need to kind of worry about me having to fit that into my schedule at yeah. any time for the rest of the year that I can kind of get on with my life <laughs> almost. Um there and uh, I was checking out a list of best games of 2020 
And one that came up involved, uh, it was Microsoft's recent version of their flight simulator okay. game. Um, so I ended up watching a lot of YouTube videos of people flying jets, like and getting quite immersed into that. I ended up watching a lot of these YouTube videos of people playing the game, and I just found myself kind of like just really tranquil, tranquil sorry, sorry, and uh, enjoying being in the environment of an aeroplane and thinking like, oh, I really want to go on an aeroplane. I think I want to watch some movies set on planes. So I ended up, um, ended up going on Amazon and I watched... Um, a movie called 7500 with Joseph Gordon-Levitt yeah. um which is really interesting actually it's a um kind of like almost a chamber piece sort of thing like you never you never depart really with the camera work outside of the cockpit itself you have some opening sequences of CCTV footage but you are with Joseph Gordon-Levitt and uh, who's like the co-pilot to, and uh, I'm not can't remember the actor's name who plays the main pilot but he's a, he's basically a pilot in mm-hmm. Berlin and uh, they uh, experience a terrorist attack mid-flight but the way it's done and the way it's depicted it's very very well handled it's it's not sort of crass or cheesy like it's it's very believable and grounded in reality um, and it's just about his character struggling to cope with the fact that the guys outside are trying to break through the door during the course of the whole film and okay. him dealing with the attack that takes place. Um, brilliant performance from him. It's not, a, really... it's not like a, a 9-11 film. It's just a... a... No, okay. no, no, it's just a, yeah, just a sort of post 9-11 yeah. thing. Um, but, uh, I mean, yeah, just, just a nice, nice little film, like w- well put together, really well directed, mm-hmm. nicely acted. Um, I really enjoyed it. And, Amazon suggested to me afterwards because of that uh, Air Force One. Oh, brilliant! Which I'd never, I'd never seen before, <laughs> and I'd always wanted to get around to seeing. Uh, so a week or so later, I ended up putting that on, oh, and I man. found that hilarious. My old, my old man would be proud of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's big into airplanes, and he's big into ridiculous action, disaster movie things. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I just love how that just never like it was so funny watching that. I just love how it's never addressed once. Yeah, and, and I ended up going on Google afterwards, just typing in like, "What happens if you shoot a plane? Like <laughs> shoot the interior of a plane?" Yeah. And uh, they can technically get away with it, apparently, according to the science, okay. because unless you shoot a window out in particular, or you shoot any areas of the plane where you might hit a fuel line and unfortunately a lot of fuel lines do run through quite a lot of areas of the plane anyway so the idea that you could have a full out sort of like 90s action movie gun battle with assault rifles like (laughs) on a plane (laughs) against with automatic weapons on a plane (laughs) against the terrorists and for you not to hit one of those fuel lines is very unlikely and they don't ever address it once or mention it. It's just this thing like, yeah, there's a big ass gunfight on this plane right now. Everybody knows it's going on. It doesn't matter. We don't doesn't care matter. that we're on a plane. It's doesn't fine. matter. My dad yeah. would tell you we're not supposed to take that movie seriously. Yeah, definitely. Well, 100% you're not meant to when you've got, uh, was it, sort of magic lines like, get off my plane. <laughs> <laughs> going out of Harrison Ford's Brilliant. mouth at the end. Uh, yeah. I, I uh, do very need to go back film. and watch that. It's stupid, and I, it's it's not exactly my cup of tea. But I I do need that kind of ridiculous fun comfort watching now, because that's what I've been doing the last two months. It's ridiculous fun comfort watching. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, 
that's 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 a great one. I watched them. Um, yeah. So um, I went away for over Christmas, as I was uh, I was saying to you. I, I I braved it, got on a plane, went to Spain for for a month, and worked a little bit from over there. And when I was there, we watched a little bit of. Um, we we did uh, the annual Christmas Lord of the Rings extra- extended trilogy. Um, did that in in two days this time. I usually do that in an entire day, but we stretched it over two mm-hmm. days this year. Um, and then when I came back, so I'm just I'm at the end of um my 14 day quarantine thingy. So in the quarantine, watched all the Star Wars movies that I like. Um, <laughs> which was the first six episodes, essentially. Not that I particularly enjoy Attack of the Clones. Ah! But I grew up with those, so they still have a kind of a soft spot. The third one, I quite like a lot. Um, the Revenge of the Sith. And then the first one has Darth Maul, and that's that's basically, I fast forward to that scene and I watch that. Uh, but yeah, it's just, it was full of comfort watching. But I did watch one new thing that I can talk more about. Um... Mm-hmm. And it was a recommendation of yours from way back before we started doing the podcast. Um, and since I now have my Amazon Prime subscription, Dean, so I watched Upload and I loved it. I thought it was brilliant. And what I loved most about it wasn't the conceptual idea, wasn't the, you know, the really curious... Um, you know, sci-fi ideas that I had or the characters. I love the tone <laughs> because yeah. it's, it's not a tone that you expect for the kind of um, story it's telling. Um, I love that it ha- it played with all of these ideas in not quite a satirical way, not quite a sarcastic way, but definitely had fun with it. And yeah. it was still very heartfelt and very touching at some times you know it was very mo- I found I definitely found some episodes very moving um, but I had a ton of fun with it um, also I didn't know that Stephen Amell who plays Green Arrow on the Arrow show had a brother or cousin I think um, Robbie Amell who plays the protagonist in Upload is apparently Stephen Amell's cousin and looks exactly like Arrow from the oh, Arrow right, show. Okay. <laughs> um, I couldn't stop seeing it. But anyway, that's a side note. So just to give people a little general gist, Upload, you can find it on Amazon Prime, um, <laughs> is a show where it's set a few good few years in the future, maybe not too far in the future, maybe like 10, 15 years in the future, where... Society have discovered how to upload our consciousness into like the cloud, into a nice idyllic little spot, basically for when you die. Um, and this guy, this tech guy, a coder, suddenly dies and is uploaded by his girlfriend into um, Lakeview, this idyllic little uh, kind of what is essentially a retirement home for dead people and it's bizarre there's it's just so bizarre and absurd but it plays with it in such a funny touching hilarious way um and i found it 
Not that I didn't find it original. I found it like an elongated episode of Black Mirror or Twilight Zone or something like that. Um, and I think there is a there is an episode of Black Mirror that de- definitely I kept being reminded of. It's the San Junipero episode. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But I really liked what these guys in Upload did with it. Um, so you get the woman... Um, who works for the company called Horizon. Was, they're basically played off like major corporation, you know, a major tech conglomerate yeah, of the future. She's like the tech support, isn't she? Yeah, yeah she, so his, she's the tech support. Customer. She's basically what we do for a living. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I definitely related to her character quite a bit. <laughs> um, she is in charge of uploading our protagonist's consciousness into the Horizon database, into Lakeview, into this retirement home. So she kind of helps him acclimatize uh, to the environment and make sure everything's like running smoothly and all that kind of stuff. And they, as we go on, we see them kind of developing a bond and discussing kind of big philosophical ideas about mortality and you know what life means and what death means and what consciousness is versus what being alive is and all of these cool little ideas but it never gets too not that it doesn't get too deep it doesn't get too heady it doesn't get a bit too preachy it just leaves the ideas there for you to think about in a very light and humorous way. And I yeah. really, really like that because nine times out of ten, that concept or that idea will get dealt with in a very serious, depressing way in this dystopian sci-fi with rain and Blade Runner colours and everybody's <laughs> miserable, and, you know. But it was just so much fun to watch. It was so refreshing. Um, I don't know. I just, I felt like it was probably one of my favourite new TV shows that I've watched in the last couple of years. Just, and I, it's only 10 episodes long and all the episodes are a half an hour, so go watch it. Um, but yeah, and, and I watched it based on um, your recommendation to me a few months back now, maybe like six months ago you might have mentioned it to me, but um, loved yeah, it. Yeah, I loved it. I love that balance. Yeah, I, I'm the same. Like, I love that balance, like you say, between the fact that it's quite sin- it's it's quite sincere and it's quite heartfelt at times, and it and it does that really well. But it balances that with the the tone of humour that you mentioned to me, reminded me of like it's almost like a Zucker Brothers comedy, like like Airplane yeah. and those kind of like really silly spoof movies. Absurd, like, yeah. It's it's got that absolute like silliness about the humour in it that just. I, in a way, like grounds it and makes it even more human. The fact that it is doesn't take itself too seriously. It makes the moments where you care about the character like resonate even more, and it feels more true. Like instead of like those two things clashing with each other. And I don't think it got when when I kind of looked up reviews afterwards. I enjoyed it so much, and then I was quite shocked to find the internet and a lot of critics and stuff not really gelling with the comedy and like no, so, yeah, not saying it was very like funny and stuff. And I was like, yeah. I can't understand what. Is it is it just that the comedy's too old fashioned for it? Like, do, do people just not enjoy silly anymore for the sake of silliness? Like, what is it just think, not in vogue at the moment to do I think that type of humour? It's fashionable to take oneself far too seriously these days. <laughs> and yeah. me being me 
do not take a lot seriously, it was right up my alley. Um, yeah. But it's not silly for the sake of being silly. It's silly to poke fun at ourselves. And I like that. Yeah. Um, or silly to poke fun at big corporations and what they do with, you know, life and how they push society in different directions. It's it's just, yeah. it's very, very, very clever. Um, yeah. And that's the kind of comedy that I enjoy, you know, I tend to enjoy. Um, it's not slapsticky in any way. It's the characters are real and, and, and vulnerable and, you know, they show themselves at their most vulnerable states, you know, like there's, yeah. there's even that scene where his new best friend in Lakeview is like dancing in front of the mirror and singing in the shower because he's an, he's an army veteran who lost his legs. And now that he's uploaded into this world, he's got legs back and he's just fucking delighted about that. And he's there <laughs> singing around. He's just, just being human, you know, it's, uh, it, it captures that idea of these people are still human beings, you know? Um, and I think it's just fascinating. Like, it, it, it makes you think about it after the episode, but while you're watching the episode, you're just having fun with these real people. And they also give every single character depth. Every single character has a bit of depth to them. Um, and they're not, none of them are, like, one-dimensional. So even the the bitch girlfriend who I I couldn't stand towards the end I'm like oh my I I really really feel for you because <laughs> yeah. of the environment that you've been raised in you know um it's brilliant loved it I actually don't have any complaints <laughs> when uh, not to spoil it for anybody like there is a, I mean we not spoiled it because like the whole concept starts off with the fact yeah. that he's dead like you say but uh but um for me, when I when it when it clicked that it was like I thought, oh, this is something different. This is quite special, like compared to like a typical sitcom. It was the funeral scene. Like I can't yeah. remember what episode that's in at the start, but the minute you had that funeral scene and the way that up, like not only was it just like absolutely laugh out loud, hilarious at times that funeral scene, yeah. but it was like really moving and really upsetting to watch and kind of like just that this brilliant balance between like you. Just feeling really sorry for that character whilst yeah. it's all going on, and just the but not, and it's not that kind of like awkward comedy of like, like it's not that it's not the kind of like the nature of, and I still like that type of I like so many different types of comedy, like The Office and stuff has mm -hmm. that that kind of element where you kind of like you feel like you you're very tense and awkward at times with the humour, and like people like say it's like cringe comedy, but um. It's not that kind of tone. There's something different going on with this. Like it's got its own thing going on, and I don't know. You're just really feeling for characters at the same time yeah. that you're just laughing your head off at what you're seeing because it's so absurd. Like a, my biggest, a, um, my biggest like takeaway from it is, you know, great sci-fi will kind of hold up a mirror to society and say, "Look at how ridiculous you are <laughs> being," you know. Um, yeah. And I liked, the, my biggest takeaway from it was, you know, how, not to be, it's not overly cynical at all, but how like technology and the way we think about things in society now is bringing us further and further away from reality and humanity of, you know, things and, and, and not mm -hmm. everything has a perfect filter. We're all just ridiculous beings you know we all we're all everybody no matter how great your life is 
has to go to the jacks and take a shit every once in a while. You know, we're all we're all the same. <laughs> yeah. And I like that it dealt with that, but it didn't preach it to you. It just it just dealt with that by showing you real people and mm-hmm. real vulnerabilities through ridiculous comedy, you know? Yeah. And not that it's overly slapstick, like I said. It it deals with it like in, in a real fashion. Like I didn't expect anyone's reactions to any of the humorous elements to be outrageous or just for oh they're just playing it up or going over the top there or anything like that it was very normal it was you know i i love the um the little kid who oh, is yeah. in lakeview yeah. <laughs> and te- technically <laughs> great character yeah technically his consciousness is now like 8 19 or 20 or something but he's still 11 years old which was the age <laughs> when he died and he's got this weird balance of like angsty late teen young adult but he's still like 10 years old and it's fantastic that character is just brilliant um who else the 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 boss of the tech firm i think is a hilarious character <laughs> and perfect example of modern day tech management <laughs> Um, not to besmirch anyone, but it's just it's it's just brilliant. I had so much fun with that character. It's, I just found a lot of it extremely relatable on all sides. Everybody seems relatable in one way or another. Yeah, in a certain aspect. So yeah, I, I really, it's a very really exciting watch as well, isn't it? Like towards yeah. the end, like I I cannot wait to see what the set. I really hope it's not going to be one of those shows that like didn't really land so well with people and it gets axed, especially with COVID and, and kind of funding going towards shows that might not have been too successful. Like, I really hope it keeps going because I would love to see the second season of that show. It'd be I such a shame it up, if it did I get one. I looked it up provisionally. It's still on for January 2022, season two. So hopefully okay. we still get it. But I, I, I also love that it kind of turned into a little bit of a murder mystery. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so the, the, the circumstances surrounding our protagonist's death start to get questioned a little bit and it's it's very good. I also love the private investigator character that the uh, family hire. Um, just a hilarious, hilarious character. But yeah, I think season two will definitely be one to watch for that one. And hopefully it comes out. Yeah. Yeah, looking forward to it. So that was at least the first, you know, new thing outside of all the comfort watching that I was doing. But I spent the rest of the time um, over the last month or so, uh, we'll say delving into the typical sci-fi fantasy superhero world that I like to do, when, um, especially when doing a 14-day quarantine. <laughs> I'll revert back to my comfort stuff. Uh, so I, I actually read um, some Star Wars comics as well, which were very good. They took away the sour taste of the the new movies and made me feel like I was reading something like the original trilogy or at least the, the fun silliness of the prequel trilogy, you know, um, mm-hmm. at least had some of that playfulness, you know, um, unlike the... The, those that will not be named um, <laughs> but yeah that kind of vibe was was what I went for the, the rest of the time I don't know what else were you up to 
over the last month. Or uh, so. it, well, it, it's it's funny that you mentioned the uh, the Star Wars movies, actually the prequels, mm-hmm. um, because uh, to sort of transition from when I was talking about my my planes experience, um, I definitely think something in my subconscious is telling me to leave the house oh absolutely <laughs> that's what's been going on there, there, there's got to be some reason why uh getting on an airplane resonated with me so much and then to sort of expand from that and to connect with star wars as well uh my next door neighbor um mentioned uh, that he could loan me the long way series with ewan mcgregor and charlie borman where they travel around the world uh three seasons of that so uh you've got the long way round and then you've got the long way down and then you've got the long way up and there's a gap of about 10 years between yeah i think uh, of roughly maybe 12 years or something between uh the second one and the third one and it's quite a fascinating little time capsule of a show actually it's really interesting because as well as the fact that they're both really enjoyable to watch on screen together like their friendship and stuff is just immediately like hooks you in it's yeah. very uh, you can tell that they're very close and that's really enjoyable to watch on screen it for me it's one of the most fascinating examples of if you wanted to watch something that perfectly depicts the transition in the world that we live in within 10 years so dramatically such a big shift in how television itself is produced and how fashions and people change and their lives change. Not only do they as people change very differently between that span of like the second season and the third season, because the third season is, um, I think, was made in 2019 and is was made for Apple TV at the time. So it's funded yeah. by Apple. And uh, I'm not sure who originally broadcast the original shows. Maybe it was BBC or somebody. I'm not 100%. Uh, but when you when you see the diff- you've got because you've got exactly the same production team working on it, exactly the same crew members, and like talking about the production is such a key part of the show and how it's edited as well. Yeah, it's really interesting watching the same thing play out, but with brand new cameras and better sound, and the and just them like their hairstyles and their fashions change and their personas and stuff change, and it's just. Out of anything I've seen, maybe the movie Boyhood taps into that a little bit. Yeah. Shows you just how much... You don't really think about it until you see it on screen in that way. And it's not quite the same when people fake it when they try and, like, do a period piece and they kind of set it 10 years ago and they kind of, like... To actually watch it for real, like, transitioning on screen in front of your eyes is fascinating. And uh, I know most people wouldn't have experienced the show that way. They would have watched it on TV when it's broadcast. Um, I just never got around to seeing it. But just sitting down through lockdown and experiencing that way it took me aback a bit i was like wow things have moved on so much in 10 years yeah where the hell are we going to be 10 years after that um who knows (laughs) who knows i'm Um, i'm just worrying about where we're going to be in 2022 (laughs) (laughs) yeah um yeah no I, I love um i love i was about to say ian um ewan mcgregor i just think Mm -hmm. When he's acting and when he's not acting, he's probably one of the most likable, charismatic uh, movie stars. You yeah. Know? He just genuinely seems to be genuine. <laughs> um, yeah. And I think I watched the first uh, the first season of that, which I think is The Long Way Around. Um, yeah. 
that might have been early 2000s maybe or late 90s was it uh yeah so late early 2000s i think early 2000s, yeah because yeah. like i say there is a there is like a 12 there's a 12 year gap i'm sure from like the second season to that one i right. can't my maths is terrible i can't work it out uh but yeah uh, so that it was probably was, that was, it was probably like say 2000 and Two, three-ish for the first season, two thousand and seven, and then twenty nineteen, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's that's when we're talking. But like, it just because the, I mean, and that per, like that just this is just coincidence from when they broadcasted. But that also perfectly mirrors really just like the massive transition in the internet age between kind of like the I guess the change in the internet age where you went from kind of like the first sort of early stage of internet use like throughout the 90s like yeah. through to like this i can't remember the term for it but like the second stage of of when you kind of like things like google emerge and facebook emerges and we kind of like transition there and technology kind of moves on that way as well so like the shows in an accidental way kind of like mirror that change yeah. as well uh, yeah. which was interesting to watch but it definitely made me want to leave the house and uh <laughs> and see different parts <laughs> of the been, world uh, you know what you should watch now? You should watch Billy Connolly's world tour of New Zealand and Scotland and Ireland and <laughs> all those. Definitely should, ones. yeah, that'd be great, yeah. They're good fun. You reminded me of that because I, I used to watch those as well and I actually watched an old, um, an old like Billy Connolly live in Dublin show there recently and I was I was flicking through my my hard drive and I had um, his world tour shows and he did one and the first one I think he did was in 1995, which... Is the year I was born, and then the last one he did was like 2007 or something like that. So mm-hmm. it's it would be cool to go back and watch him do that because he does the same thing. He goes around on a motorbike, and um, you get little bits of his stand-up shows from each place that he's visiting. And it's of course it's Billy Connolly, so it's going to be entertaining, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, two Scots on a motorbike riding around. <laughs> It's a good format. Yeah. There's <laughs> yeah. a there's a trope for you. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see Limmy. I want to see Limmy jump on a motorbike for me and make a, <laughs> maybe just Twitch stream it or something. That'd be good. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I really enjoyed that. Um, TV show wise though, uh, as well, like some that I actually checked out that was broadcast right towards the end of the year. Uh, just ended up being, I don't know what it is about me just catching things right at the end and they turn out to be my <laughs> favourites. But um I watched on the iPlayer uh, We Are Who We Are, which was a TV series by, uh, I'm going to definitely mispronounce the guy's surname, uh, Luca Guadino. Luca (laughs) Guadagnino. Yeah, yeah, you will definitely pronounce it better than I can. Um, Yeah, the director of uh, Call Me By Your Name and uh, the remake, which I've not seen, by the way, and the remake of... Suspiria, which yes. I have seen and have mixed feelings about and love some of it and not so much other parts. But I was really blown away by this because I've I've not seen Call, Call Me By Your Name, so I'm, I'm guessing it might share a lot of those qualities that this show has. But the show itself is about a teenage boy growing, an American boy growing up in a military base in Italy somewhere. Yeah. And just about like his experience with the other teenagers on the base and dealing with the difficulties of his sexuality and um, and just growing up on the base and just 
just this really fascinating like microcosm of like how uh like american culture would exist in this little bubble within yeah. italy and just just the way that's depicted is absolutely fascinating and from the filmmaking level like uh for the tv show like that's what really took me aback is like just how this is made is entirely like the star of the show like uh, the reason to watch it it's uh, it's hard to explain with the plot or kind of give you reasons why you might want to invest in it when i just say well it's just about a kid who to be fair comes across as a little bit of a shit in it like he's he's hard to like to start off with yeah um he's a little bit of a brat and he's a spoiled teenager and uh it's hard to attach to him but then there's it's it's made with such compassion and empathy towards its characters that you completely feel like you know him by the end and you understand his world and the way he shoots it and the way he sound mixes and everything it's just you entirely feel like you're there in the environments immersed in the world with the characters it completely takes you to a place uh and time like you are really in there it's so atmospheric it's so beautifully created yeah um really really impressed me uh the strongest tv series of that year for me uh, um well what, worth checking out what was it called we are who we are we are who we are cool yeah i've just um, made a note of that on my phone yeah loved it um very cool i think that's pretty much everything that we've done in the last two months now isn't it Dan? <laughs> We've yeah, talked about it. So. We've talked about a lot of shit now. Jeez, I just realised how much stuff I've actually done in the last two months. When you don't leave yeah. the house, you get a lot done. Don't you? <laughs> That's very true. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know if there's anything else left that I uh, left out, or I could probably save them for future podcasts if I've missed anything, and maybe recommend mm-hmm. a thing or two. But yeah, no, I'm looking forward to to getting into the next show now that that you recommended the Halt and Catch Fire um, yeah yeah I hope you I, enjoyed that I think some of the themes of Upload that you mentioned the things that you liked about the themes of Upload will actually resonate watching that show as well yeah um, very cool yeah there's there's definitely some sort of theme overlaps there very cool but yeah I hope you all enjoyed the bonus um, and we made up for lost time yeah we Hopefully did a little bit of extra <laughs> extra rambling today for you but um mm-hmm. We were not only catching up with all of you guys, but we were kind of catching up with each other as well because we haven't been able to talk <laughs> yeah, much. But that's very true, yeah. Yeah. Um, <sighs> so I hope everybody enjoyed. We won't be as long the next time around. Yes. <laughs> there we were. This is true. Okay. Thanks again for listening and we'll catch you soon. Bye-bye. See you guys. Bye.